Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. It's been a crazy busy pilot season. I hope everyone is flourishing out there. I'm super excited about our guest today. You just saw him in Marriage Story. You know him from LA to Vegas, Harold and Kumar too. What to expect when you're expecting. So many other shows. And it's my pleasure to introduce Amir Talai. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you. Or I'm here with you. Yeah. Welcome to my <laughs> I office. I haven't seen you in so long. And, I know. It's been a and, long, long yeah, time. Yeah, Amir, you came into my circle. Oh, thank you. A little, little Botox, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you came into my circle years ago, mm-hmm. and yet there was a connection. I loved working with you. And for me, as a coach and giving back, when I see one of my you know, true dedicated actors have so much success. I, my heart smiles, my ears, my eyes tear up just a little bit. I'm so happy. So I'm That's so awesome. happy you're here. Thanks. And what I do on this podcast is a give back for other actors. So tell us a little bit of your story, how you started on your path a little bit. And then I want to talk about your passion and your purpose and other give back things. So how, yeah. what's, what's the story? My story is I started working in the Bay Area when I graduated college there. Worked there for a couple years. And, in theater? Uh, or? Theater, voiceover, a little bit of commercials. There's, there's hardly anything going on in San Francisco. Yes. So, um, so really, I sort of reached the pinnacle very quickly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not hard. But was it hard to get work for you? Or just you're such an interesting, incredible um, actor, but... Did you did you have a hard path of it there? It didn't. Just... It didn't feel hard, mm. but it, it did also didn't feel like there was a whole lot to get. Yeah, you know, I reached the ceiling pretty quickly, and the ceiling's pretty low. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but what was that ceiling? So you got out of you went to college. You studied. Mm-hmm. Did you study drama? No, not really. Oh, I took some did? classes. I mean, ah. I took acting, but I so wasn't. So what? A... What was it? What was the the bite for the bug? Well, I've always had the bug. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I took some acting classes, but but I, I wasn't like a drama student. Okay, you know so I mean? you're always um, driven by your artistry, but then you went to college for something else. So yeah, you got I was out. Gonna, yeah. So you um, came to L.A. Tell us. I just started grinding. I got involved in this thing called the Actors Network, which mm. was this organization started by Kevin E. West. That, oh, um, yes. Yeah. And it really helped me sort of understand um, the how... Of, of being proactive as an actor. Mm. Um, and so I really, you know, like I was, you know, self-submitting. I was getting in classes. I was doing theater. I was just like trying to doing the get grind. seen any way I could. Right. Yeah. And um, and pretty quickly stuff started to take off, you know. And, and so um, I've just been sort of climbing up the ladder. But you do since. a lot of comedy. Well, although you do a lot of drama, because here's the thing, you guys, if you're great at comedy, you can definitely do drama. Mm-hmm. If you're great at drama, you might not necessarily be great at comedy. But you are incredible at comedy, which <laughs> makes me know that your drama has a lot of depth. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, I don't know that that's always the case. I think, mm. you know, some people some people are really just good at one. I, I like to think I'm good at both, but... Uh, <laughs> I think if you're good at comedy, you can do it. You really can, because... The, the soulfulness of comedy has to mm-hmm. come from depth in order to get through the light. Yeah. And to make that adjustment, yeah, I'll take a bet. 
<laughs> Let's have five actors take that challenge. With I think us. you. I think you have to be a special kind of comedy performer mm. to be good in drama. Mm. There's some comedy performers that just can't hang in drama. Really? Yeah, because I think I don't that, know any. Because that, well, because no, I think that a lot. That. I think that a lot of comedic actors rely on tricks as opposed to truth. Mm. Um, and sometimes tricks get you by. Right? I think I'm not talking about those actors. There you go. I'm thinking about because when I teach comedy too, it's the truth that wins out. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so maybe your comedy actors maybe my circle can also people. do drama. Okay, blah blah blah. Let's talk about you. Okay, so you came to LA. You got involved with Kevin E. West mm-hmm. um, Actors Network. Yeah. Actors Network, mm-hmm. which I don't think is here anymore. It's not. No. No. Yeah. He no. He's focused on other things now. Yes, but, but there great. are other other groups for actors to get involved in, and if you're not, then to get involved in classes. So anyway, so you did that, and yeah. then what was your first job? I, if I'm not mistaken, my first job that I got down here was on Mad TV. I was illegally getting the breakdowns. This was 18 years ago. Yes. Um, and uh, there was a role for like an Indian-looking dancer guy. <laughs> and uh, so instead of mailing it, as most people did with the breakdowns, I walked it in. Little did I know, I handed it to the casting director. Um Got a call from her 10 minutes after I left her office. Amazing. Uh, came back and auditioned the next day um, and got a call 10 minutes after I left the audition with the booking. So if I had Amazing. mailed it, she wouldn't have even received it until right. she, it had booked. Which so. is sounding what I preach, being courteously aggressive. So yeah. Yeah. Took care of what you needed to do. Yeah, I walked in, you know, didn't try to hang out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't try to make conversation. Just let her know what I was there for and then got the heck out, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. How do you feel about cursing on your podcast? I feel good about everything. Okay, great. Um, Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Just checking because I self-censored a second ago. Yeah, don't, don't. It's all good. It's all totally good. People just want to hear your story. So you got in, you you did what you wanted, you got on that show. And then was it easy, though, on the path for you just to come down here and get an agent and a manager? Um, For me, it was... I I lucked into... uh, almost everything that I got at first. Um, one of the big tips that I got from the Actors Network is if you're if you're just starting out, um, look for agents that are just starting out, mm. right? Um, and I happened to just look in the book and I saw someone who had had experience at other agencies but was opening up her own agency. Timing. And I was like, perfect. So yeah. I submitted to her um, and uh, and you know, a couple weeks later we met and we hit it off and she happened to be fantastic. <laughs> That's I mean? amazing. That was total luck though. I mean, so you have had no struggle. Happen. Have you had zero struggle or does struggle come later when you get bigger things and then that momentum? What is it? I, I, you know, I don't know that I've struggled um, uh, or, or, or I don't think of it as struggling. Okay. I, I guess I just think of everything as a struggle and so it's not a struggle, if Got that it. makes sense. Totally, 100%. Like, nothing's easy. Right. Nothing's easy, but um, but it's just about like your sort of attitude about it. You know, I will say I've been definitely been lucky that I've never had huge lulls where I don't work. So it's a miracle, you guys, because yeah. that is usually not the case. Yeah, it yeah. usually is huge lulls, big yeah. momentum, and then huge lulls, which yeah. create insecurities. So yeah. um, I've had, I would say, I've had sort of like um, incremental working my way up. With occasional plateaus, mm-hmm. um, but never like huge dips. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, but now I do know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, they're, you know... The, so, I, can I just ask you, interjecting, when you got your first, I know we're going sidetracking, but that's mm-hmm. just how I roll, your first series, your first, tell me about the testing experience, the callbacks, how many, mm-hmm. the testing, the anxiety, the people in the room, did it throw you, how did you take care of yourself? All right, so so my first, my first um, test was... I tested for a show called Campus Ladies. Yes. That was in 2004. Yeah, I have to think my first test came before. Yes, okay. So my very first test Mm -hmm. was for a show on NBC um, that was about like an Indian family. Um, And I'm not Indian, I'm Persian. Um, But but it was a role that eventually went to Cal Penn. But, um, But at the time, I had my initial audition, went great. Um, then I went for the callback, um, went great. And then I found out that I was testing. So which, what happens when you find out you're testing? So for everyone who's listening out there, so talk, they, talk about that process. So, so the, so the pre-read was just with the casting director. Mm-hmm. The producer session was with the casting and producer, maybe. And when you have producers. something like this and it's moving forward, do you mm-hmm. work on it a lot, a lot, a lot? Do you let it lie? What's your process? I don't work on it a ton. You um, don't? No. Like, I I, I feel like, um, I, I think my training in commercials, too, has borne this out, that, like, they just want to see you show up, mm-hmm. right? Like, they don't, uh, uh, at least for me, when I work on stuff a lot, it tends to get a little stale. Mm. And so I, I, I sort of back off of that a mm. little bit. Um you know, it's, it's important to know your lines really well, but I still always hold the script in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll plan out some moments, but I won't plan out others. I'll just really? sort of let things Really? Amazing, because you seem so solid in all the choices right. that you make. So now we're knowing that you don't make those choices. Well, <laughs> what it is, is it's about listening, right? Mm, yeah. And, and letting, and, and then reacting but, right? um, truthfully and, and in the moment to whatever that reader is giving you, right? Even if it's not great, mm-hmm. you know, you, you sort of, uh, you... you uh, shifted in your head a little bit to but, make, it make a little more but sense. But if the reader is not taking you on the story that's on the page, you mm-hmm. still have to have sculpted that you know what your thoughts and, yeah. and what you want in that scene is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have a, I think you sort of have a sense of what the re- reader might give you when you're working on it at home. Mm. But, uh, but then if they give you something a little different in the room, I, I just feel like it makes the most sense to roll with that mm. unless it's drastically different mm-hmm. right I mean if it's like if they're giving you a super flat read mm-hmm. then then you then you amp it up a little bit in your head um okay so you work on it yeah till you know it yeah until you feel confident that you can walk in so because yeah. you don't want to be swayed out of your confidence because that's a lot right. of how you you know right. book that room yeah and I have a little um I have a little uh, pre-audition uh, uh, mix on my Spotify. Ah. Oh my yeah. Just remember to have to send that to a friend of mine. Um, but With it's, certain it's, songs? Yeah. Music that, um, that makes me uh, happy and confident and at ease. I um, love it. Uh, you know, there's a song. I know called... you all want that right now. Sure. We'll be sending out his mix. Okay, great. I'll Five ninety nine. Um uh, I Go to Work by Cool Modi. That's one of them. <laughs> um, uh, Happy by Pharrell. Of course. That's another one. Right? So it's just like, you yes. know, it's the stuff that makes me feel good. Um, and like a professional. There's yeah. songs in there about like getting the job done and okay. stuff like that. So it puts you in the mental mindset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. 
Um, and I don't like sit in the room and like run my sides and you know. Like, so when you're in the waiting room, you just listen to your music. And yeah. Do you get nervous? Do the nerves take over at all? I get nervous if I'm auditioning for something that I'm not entirely sure I can pull off. Oh, interesting. Right. So, um, so if it's like, uh, or if it's every now and then I'll get nervous if it's something that I feel like, uh, I know the people in the room and they are very confident in my ability, uh, then pressure. I feel like, oh, well, I better nail it for them. So what do you do when that happens? Where, where do your nerves Panic. take? Panic. Uh, no. Yeah, so what happens, though, to you physically? Do you shake? Do you get just a nervous belly? Do you get tight? And how do you overcome that in the room and work with it? Um, I guess I... Yeah, I would say I tense up. Mm-hmm. I tense up. And, and, and I just really need to sort of fall back on my... On my, on my Spotify, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and just like, just get in the But how do you do Like if you're myself. in that room and then it's happening and that one person that you happen to know is giving you all that energy and you're mm-hmm. like, Jesus, back off. Okay. The pressure because they're on your side, but then you take it as, you know, pressure sure. and your body starts getting tight. Do you breathe? Do you laugh? Do you, how do you channel it? I mean, I, yeah, it's, I guess, I, so I, guess I, try, I, I try to take a deep breath, but it's, it's, it's often hard in the moment to, um, uh, strategize and sort of see what's happening. You just so, roll with it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I try not to overthink it in the room. And, and then what often happens afterwards is I go, hmm, that didn't go as well as I wanted it to. I wonder what happened. And then, and then you can sort of think back and be like, oh, I bet this is what happened. But, um. But usually I just sort of, I have the confidence that that I will be able to do what I want to do. Why? In the room. Why do you have that confidence? What is that? I is guess, that from childhood? Is that from knowing the craft so well? I guess. Is that from trust? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's the fact that it's worked for 20 years. You know what I mean? The fact that I've been able to, to create this career tells me that I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... That I can take as a given, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. right? which is extremely useful. But right? there are I'm wonderful actors out there who yeah. feel that way, but then they get swayed, their nerves take over. So you don't have that, which is a blessing. Well, the thing is, I really like auditioning. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, I love Amazing. it. Amazing. I love it. So, so that's so, a whole other level wow. of, 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 you know, I don't get thrown very easily because auditions are fun for me. I don't Amazing. even I don't even mind it when people are like dicks in the room or whatever. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I just feel like that's another piece of this crazy sort of like audition process. Um, well, that's I, the healthiest attitude I've ever heard. So that's why you do so well. <laughs> that's a big part of it. Yeah. So advice right now is to how, really how enjoy that. How to, how to make yourself love it. Yeah. And you guys, when you go out there, love it. But I do believe in telling a specific story. Of course. But, yes. Of course. I, I think. I think that. The reason I love auditioning is because I genuinely love meeting new people, mm. working on new things, mm-hmm. right? When I walk in with an audition, like, th- this is my chance to, like, do this piece that I've never done before and I probably will never do again, right? So it's fun for me. And I also love, um, I love sharing myself with people. Uh, that is right? so wonderful. I love, yes. I love it's sharing. It's back. It's giving. I, yeah. 
But I mean, yeah, I mean, I like, like, I love sharing in general. You know what I mean? Like, if I, if I go to a restaurant that I love, like, I want to tell everyone about mm-hmm. it. If I see a movie that I like, I want to tell everyone about it. So in, in the, in the same way, it's kind of like, hey, here's this talented guy. I, I can't wait for to introduce myself to you. That's beautiful. <laughs> okay, now that we've totally sidetracked, so back to my original question. So you get the first call, oh, you right. go to that callback, mm-hmm. you have all this confidence because you like to give back and tell that story and you actually like <sighs> auditioning, sure. which you know what, if any everyone out there listening could find that little piece of one speckle of a thing that you love when you go into that audition, then grab onto it right. and use that. So then... You get a test deal. You get a call from your agents, and they say they are they said you're contender for it, which um, means which means that it's you know between you and eh, five or six other guys, we've got to work out your test deal. Mm-hmm. So if people don't know you, um, you have to figure out how much you're getting paid for the show before you're allowed to test. Mm-hmm. Um, so they hammer out a contract that's a six-year contract that you have to sign before you do your test. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, they schedule you for a work session, which is where you go in with the producers uh, and, and the casting director, and you have sort of a rehearsal for your test. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I said, I get nervous when I'm not sure if I can pull something off. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I've never gone through a work session or a test before and I was sitting there pretty nervous and there was a, a, a woman who was auditioning for one of the other roles and uh, and she said, you seem really nervous and I said, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, it's just a, it's just a work session. Mm-hmm. So they're just, they're just working with you to get you ready for the test. So there's mm-hmm. no decisions being made right. tonight. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Great. That helps a lot. Um, so I went in um, and you know, the work session just sort of felt like a rehearsal, mm. right? Cause that's what it is. Um, but how many know, people were in the room? Um, boy, I mean, this was 2003 we're talking about. Yeah, so different. Uh, 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 no, I just mean a long time ago. Yeah. Um, well, I, it could be different too. A lot of tests sure. are done on tape these days yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there were probably four people in the room. Okay. Maybe. Not bad. Not bad. Um, it went fine. Um, and then, uh, and then I left, uh, and then I found out they were scrubbing me from the test list. They took you off. Because my, because my work session didn't go so well. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so was that an aha moment? Like, oh my God. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. yep. Oh, okay. So I definitely got to totally fucking bring it for And work a work sessions. session does mean yes. that you better be working it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But when you get that call to test the first time, were you jumping up and down? What was your, what oh, was it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it was crazy. Like, and it was, yeah. it was network money. So I think that, I think it was like, at that point, which is even back then a lot, uh, uh, was like set, t- probably 20,000 a week. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But, that was going to yeah. be a game changer. Yeah. Oh yeah. For so sure. So they scratched you. Yeah. So what did you do? I just. I, Cry? I, uh, no, no, I just, no, I just moved on. Moved on. Yeah. You're simple. Yeah. 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 Wow. You're so lucky. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always say that like, if you're, if you're planning on having a career, you're going to have a lot of setbacks and a lot of no's. So if the no's crush you, then you're not cut out for this. Yes. You have to have room. Yeah. Yeah. No, it has to roll off your shoulder. You just have to have faith. 
that mm-hmm. that it's that your the next one. How next how level. much after that was your next test? Was it a while? Or did you a just, couple years? A couple, yeah, years. couple years. Did yeah. that affect you um, emotionally in any any inkling? The fact that it took two years between tests. Yes. No, because it felt like such a fluke to get that first test. Interesting. I got that like sort of my first year that I had an agent. It was in like it was a brown sitcom. So yeah. I was like, oh, this doesn't happen a lot. So mm. I, I shouldn't expect to test so much. Your mental mindset is fabulous. <laughs> it's just like it's kinda naive in that way, but it's fabulous. And I it's... always say that I'm too dumb to be uh to be upset about stuff. That's perfect. I'm too dumb to be scared. <laughs> I'm always like I'm you know, I'm just kinda like, Well, I'm sure it'll work out eventually. Oh my god, that is the best mindset ever. Same thing, like when I get into a, a taxi cab and he's driving like a maniac, I'm like, oh, I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs> you know, he does this Well, all not the time. much you could do about that right. situation. Yeah. That is crazy. So give me three things of advice that you tell actors to stay, which I profess the positive path, which my book is called The Positive Path for Actors, to stay on that, which you really sort of just said, but three specific things and then three things about you know what they should do to elevate themselves as artists? Oh my gosh. Um, I just overwhelmed you that with was so a lot. many questions. Yeah. So let's just do three things of positive that they what they can stay in to pursue this career of so many highs and lows. So one is to, to genuinely enjoy um, the process because the majority of of your time you're spending on the process. Agreed. Right? If, uh, you know, I had a friend who was like, I won't be happy until I get a series regular mm. job. And I was like, you know, God bless you for having lofty goals, but the overwhelming chances, that's not going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. So you better like the, the auditioning. Moment. Yes. You better like bouncing around from co-star to guest star to co-star to occasional recur. Um, or worse, mm-hmm. right? You have to, you, you better like doing theater with your friends. Mm-hmm. You better like doing short films on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't like all of that, you're, you're just never going to be happy. Yeah. You're going to be just waiting to be happy. Um, and it might take a while. Yeah. It might take a long time. So might time. as well be happy to, <laughs> during the pursuance. Yeah, exactly. Of. Right? Like I've never done a season two of a show that I was on. Really? I've never been on a series. Wait, LA to Vegas wasn't more than a season? Mm-mm. No. Oh. Right. So 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 on on the on the rare occasions that I've gotten a series, it hasn't lasted long. And mm. that's that's the case for most series. But it seems like in your personality you just roll with it. I think that's the big <laughs> message. To yeah. roll with it. Yeah. Because if you try to control it and get stressed, then you're gonna be unhappy. But if you roll with it and you stay focused in your, you know, secured bubble of the people that you love in your life, then yeah. you stay in that happier place. Yeah. What else? I, I, I think it's also to enjoy um, everything else that goes on around acting. Mm. Because the fact is, you're not going to do much like acting, mm. um, even when you're acting. Yeah. Right? Like, if, like, you know... In a 12-hour day, cameras are rolling for tops, like, mm. 90 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe two hours, mm-hmm. right? So what are you doing with the other 10 hours, yeah. right? Do you enjoy being around other people? Um, do you enjoy the sort of camaraderie of that? 
If not, I encourage you to start. <laughs> right? Yes. Or or have really specific, like, I like alone time, right? I like to come out of my trailer and do the work and then go back into my trailer and, like, meditate or read or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Not, like... Th- not suffer that you're waiting for so long. Exactly. Exactly. Um what about the people that you're around? You're, I always talk about a positive energy bubble. So you keep yourself protected by people that are elevating to you, not mm-hmm. critical soul suckers that yeah. take it out of you. Have you found that is helpful in your life to have your team, to have your loved ones? Yeah. My, uh, my first teacher in town, Richard Side, told me that uh, L.A. is... Um, literally and figuratively a desert. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get through it is to create your own oasis. Mm. Um, and that means to fill your life with people that bring you joy, things that bring you joy, places that bring you joy. Um, I mean, it's just, like, uh, it's just like Marie Kondo, right? It's just like you got to shed the stuff that isn't working for you. Hundred percent. Right? But have you felt? You down. Have you felt that there's ever been a circulation of people in your life that were unhealthy, and you had to go, "What? Oh, I got to cut those people out." Or have you never had that experience? Because a lot of people get involved in toxic relationships that soul suck them, and they don't even know they're getting swelled up in that, you know. Yeah. I, I guess, circle. I guess I've always been a pretty sort of both introspective and 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 analytical person. And so I, I have a pretty good radar for that stuff, mm. um, for who is feeding me and who is eating away at me. Um, feeding and eating. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, y- y- you got to be sort of cutthroat about that. I don't buy the whole thing about, like, surround yourself with successful people, mm. you know? I think that that kind of mindset is actually sort of toxic, right? Um, uh uh, meaning because what it does is it, it is it puts it puts your radar out for um, for people who are um, doing well as opposed to doing good, right? I agree. I, I say surround yourself with people who are kind mm. and who um, you whose company you enjoy. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I hate when I when I hear about people who are like. There's no one in here who can do anything for my career. I'm out. Well, that's an unhealthy. Yeah. That's an unhealthy relationship yeah. right there. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that gets mentioned because it just helps you rise up. I don't think they yeah. mean it. I think they mean it with kind people who are successful. Right. Not successful people who are, you know, unsuccessful in, in right. human nature. But I also, you know, and, and I think ambition is important, but I also think it's it's important to keep your expectations reasonable because again if you're always like uh, uh, chasing that dragon it just it just makes you unhappy mm-hmm. and it's it's so important to know that very few of us are going to reach the mountain and so we have to just enjoy the climb you and know? accept where you are in that given moment mm-hmm. and then if good things happen enjoy it and if bad things happen just learn from it yeah and move on and feel it yeah um so I talk about in my book about passion and purpose. So, mm-hmm. you know, your passion is acting. Is there a higher purpose for you? Is there something you want to give back to? Is there Now you have a platform of a voice because you've had an abundance of credits and people know who you are. Is there something else? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny you say that uh, because I, I've been... I've, I've been um, 
I've been really passionate about um, about representation um, in our industry for a while now, and I've mm. I've been speaking out about it. Um, I've written about it, um, and um, and I I I th- I don't think that my life would be complete if I weren't trying to help people in some way. So representation, what are you saying? What does Meaning, that mean? Um, you know, more representation for people of color, uh, better representation for women, um, people with disabilities, mm. um, fat people, um, you know, sort of, you know. And what are you saying? What do you, what's your... What is my, like, message? Yes. That it needs to be more diverse. Okay. That we need to do better. That we need to... Um, to lift up creators who are not the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's happening a little bit. It it's happening like a little, it. but not not nearly enough. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think one of the big problems too that 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 I've become passionate about over the last few months, and, and well, I was passionate about this before, but but there's this um, pay up Hollywood movement that's happening. Have mm-hmm. you heard of this? Mm-mm. What is it? So um, so. Uh, on John August's Script Notes podcast, he talked about this, and uh, and Liz Alper, who's uh, in the Writers Guild, has also talked about this, and and uh, she started a hashtag called Pay Up Hollywood, and it's all about um, how assistants in this town are um, overworked and underpaid. Mm, and, interesting. Um, pay up hashtag Pay Up Hollywood. Yeah, um, and uh, and. What that means is that generally the only people who can get into being assistants are people who have some type of privilege to start with. Yes. Right? Um, 80% of assistants these days are in part supported by their parents. Mm. Right? And most people can't afford that. Mm-mm. And uh, who, who disproportionately can't afford that is people of color. Uh, people with disabilities. Mm. Um, so the pay up so, means what does it mean? So what it mean well so what it means is that we need to pay assistants what they're worth. Oh. We need to pay them a, a a wage that they can live on in Los Angeles without going to their parents. Mm. Because if that's the case, you can have more people of color as not because, but first of all, that's what they deserve, mm-hmm. right? But diversity. Just more diversity well, in all on. aspects, you, but no, even for you, anybody, well, really. You, you deserve you deserve to be paid well, totally. Um, no matter what your race is, yes. right? But if you pay people in Hollywood what they're what they're worth, the really great bonus is that your assistant pool will become diversified. And if your assistant pool becomes diversified, then the agency pool becomes diversified. The casting pool becomes diversified. The producers. And if that's the case, then you're moving people up through the ranks, right? And And the bigger picture, they need to pay more for what their assistants are anyway. Yeah, that's at a that's at a bare minimum. That's at a bare minimum, right? Like assistants are are barely scraping by and again having to be supported by their parents or you know, there was there. Were, I was talking to one of my reps assistants, and she said, "Well, I'm lucky, you know, because I I live with my boyfriend, and so we pool our our mm. finances. So if we didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to afford to be an assistant." And I was like, "I was like, that's great for you, mm-hmm. but what if your boyfriend, and not to say he would do this, what if he started beating you? Mm-hmm. Could you leave that relationship mm-hmm. and be an assistant? Mm-hmm. No, I'd have to." I'd have to stop mm-hmm. being an assistant mm-hmm. if I wanted to leave him, mm-hmm. right? So now people are in a bind mm-hmm. 
because they can't do what they want to do. So you're not so you're speaking out on this message. Yeah, I, well, I've I've been very At passionate screen about Screen Actors Guild. Where are you speaking? Um, well, really, I'm not speaking out nearly the extent that, okay. that Liz and John are. But um, but but it's it's something that I've become passionate about in mm-hmm. the last few months mm-hmm. since this hashtag was created. But it's also something that I've noticed for years. Right, this this idea that the assistant pool is so. Um, homogenous, uh, and as such, so is our industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still overwhelmingly white men and white women making all the decisions. Mm. Um, and I think that's hurting us, you know? Uh, and, 100%. Um, and I think it's a really... I think it's a really bad thing, not just because I believe people of color deserve more opportunities, but... And this is what I've written about, is that 75% of the white people in this country have no friends of color. Oh, really? Yeah. It's hard for I'm us to imagine. I'm a white woman, but I can't here, imagine. Right? Yes, I can't even <laughs> imagine that. Um, but, but because that's the case, the only people of color that they like get to know mm. are the characters that they get to know on TV. Mm. Right? And if all of those characters are written by white people, or if all of the Middle Eastern characters have bombs strapped to their chests, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Very right? much so. That's, you know, when we've got our president and, and half our country making decisions based on what they see on TV, mm-hmm. it's no wonder that they think all Muslims are terrorists. Right? Because they don't Awful. know any Muslims. The only Muslims they know are the ones they see on 24. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so that's why it's important to get more diversity. So that's it's, your it's literally a life purpose. Thing. I mean, that's your you're purposely putting that out there. So maybe you mm-hmm. can help a little bit to yeah. change the world. Yeah. Let's that's get back hope. to acting. Okay. It's a heavy subject. Yeah, sorry. But it's okay. I like it because it's different. I like to have different subject matters because it is really important to find your passion in your acting. But if you have a higher purpose, once you get the opportunity to have a platform, Mm -hmm. then you can give back. And if you can make more awareness of this, then your little bit will help. Yeah. And that is super, super important. And even if it's heavy, it's purposeful. Yeah. And it's so important. So actors out there should think about that when you're pursuing this dream because if you also pursue it with a higher purpose, it becomes a more um, uh, driven, just a, a higher level of achievement. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you know, you referred to, I don't, I don't know if I'm splitting hairs here, but you referred to acting as my passion. And I actually don't know that it is. Mm. I, I, I think it's um, my... I assume it is because you're doing it. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. maybe it's just a job. Who knows? It, yeah. Well, it's my craft. Yes. And it's also something that brings me great joy. Well, usually that's passion for people. Okay. When, when you're doing something that you love, crafting something that you love, yeah. and it brings you joy. Yeah. To me, that equals um, a passion. I but hear maybe, you. yeah. To me, when I think of my passion, my passion is is doing some good in the world, mm-hmm. Do, like making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that means uh, you know volunteer work or making money as an actor to be philanthropic and, and give money to, to people who are, who are doing the tough work. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to stare at him. I'm staring at him. It's the same thing. It's actually, it's actually the same thing because you're saying their purpose is your, you're, you're flipping it. Okay. It's just exactly the same thing. I'm just putting in my terminology and you're putting in yours. It's all good. But let's get back to the acting thing. And did you have a lot of training for comedy? Because you are analytical and you're super smart. 
But then for comedy, did you do a lot of improv classes? What did you do in that genre? Yeah, as soon as I got here, mm-hmm. I started taking classes at first at Second City for a hot minute and then at Groundlings for a good like two years or so. And it's important for actors to have, you know, on-camera training, scene study training, which we offer as, as, as much as important to have that. Mm-hmm. Because what does that do for you, do you think? You know, well, also I took a lot of, uh, when in Richard's class, in Richard Side's class, uh, that was very sort of improv driven, but it was more sort of dramatic improv, mm-hmm. which is rare. No, I, I don't really hear about anybody doing that, but, but all that work gave me a real, um, uh, sense of just facility and mm-hmm. ease and comfort. Body work. Um, yeah, just feeling in my body mm-hmm. and feeling feeling comfortable and feeling confident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And did you feel like it was an adjustment to take that? So you need that element, your body element, dropping in, feeling connected, and then taking the words on the page and bringing that to life. Did that help you? Was it a, a whole another separate adjustment? Yeah, I mean, it 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 for me it made it a lot easier. Like once I was able to just sort of like pick my own words and, and be in my body with my own words. Um, when someone gave me a script, it became almost easier. Okay. So you found that the improvisational skills gave you that, that helpful nugget to let the, because I know a lot of actors come in and it's so hard when you're beginning to take that, those words off the page and Mm. make them your own and then resonate. I don't know. I guess, I guess it, it became easy over time for me to just sort of see the stories mm-hmm. in the scripts, right? But, Even so the, the improv helped you. Oh, yeah. And then other classes, of course, would help you. And then just, did you, what was your process when you're learning? Did you rewrite the words out loud? I mean, did you say yeah, them out loud a million times? So, did you write it down? What was your thing? It's changed over the years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, uh, but what I'm doing these days is I will rewrite all of the sides into my own, like, Google Doc. Um, and change the fonts around, ah. um, and, you know, sort of underline certain things and, and this and that. And, um, and first of all, the act of writing it out gives me a real sense. hundred um, percent. And, uh, and when it comes to like series regulars, uh, I actually find that reading the script, um, the taking the time to read the script, which kind of takes me a while cause I'm a slow script reader is more worth it than working on the sides. Like if I only have a half hour for mm-hmm. any reason, mm-hmm. I would rather spend that time reading the full script than mm. working on the sides. Mm, Cuz it gives you a better overall. It gives me a sense of the tone of the show, the um like where the characters land and uh, the arc of in, your character in, what yeah. happens. Yeah. So if you can see where it ends, you know what how to fill in the blanks. Yeah. So even if the sides are just this one scene, you know, towards the beginning or towards the end, I just have a better sense of who he is, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and how he fits in with the show. And what about, so if you only do have a half hour and you chose to read the script and then you have no idea what's coming next to you, you carry your script in. Totally. And you look down with not a problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's better to look down with thoughts and then to be looking at the cast director and not have any. Yeah. And be thinking, what's my next freaking line? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I, when I look at the script. Uh, you know what? I feel like a lot of actors have this feeling like the script is lava. You know what I mean? Like, mm. don't look at it. Right. No, right. <laughs> and I think it's um, your friend. And I think it's, I think it's really harmful. I think that, you know, casting directors know that, that, you know, we're all busy and we don't always have time to get off book. Um, and so you're in there showing them what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, 
I think they're more interested in like who you are and what you bring to the role mm-hmm. as opposed to how good you are at learning the lines. Um, but I think it's important that when you're not learning the lines to use that script as just an extension of your body so you can glance down and you can actually talk to the paper as you're seeing another person. And that is the key, I think, mm-hmm. that lets it lets it transfer into the room like it feels like, oh, they don't know their lines, but they're telling me a story still. Right. Yeah, I wish I wish we were doing this on video, but I, I like I I feel like um you know, when we talk, we look down all the time when mm-hmm. we think. You know, mm-hmm. we we don't make eye contact the entire time like mm-hmm. psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> um and so I think that you incorporate that into your sort of body language. Um, and it takes a little bit of practice, but once you give yourself permission to do it, Mm -hmm. it just, it's easy. I agree. I just coached somebody and she's a very well-known, uh, stand-up. She has a series coming out next year, but we just worked on this film that literally she flew off the airplane and she hadn't even looked at it until she got to my office because her schedule is so packed. Mm -hmm. So when we worked on it and she, we were taping on it, I said, look down, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Just have the thoughts. And it was so much more interesting than her staring and going, what is my next line? Because that is the death when you're looking and thinking, what's my next line versus the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, maybe this is just a silly trick, but it's, it's instead of going, what's my next line? It's you looking down at the page and thinking to yourself, how do I want to word what I want to say to you? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's an you interesting know? thought. Yeah. How do I want to word what I want to say to you? Write that down, you guys. I think that's going to be so helpful. I'm stealing that from okay, you. Okay, great. That's amazing. Okay, so before we close out, and we can talk for hours, sure. but we are not going to talk for hours. Okay, so... Give me something to inspire, to tell them to don't give up. Them being all of you out there. But I want them to to give up, though. You do? Do anything else. Do something else. But you can do other things while you're pursuing acting. That's the thing. Sure, yes. You know, I mean, it's it's a hard road for sure, but you got to go for it. I believe. I don't don't know about that. (laughs) Who are you? Why is he even on my show? (laughs) It's so hard. Well, yes, hard. you do because if it's you really so, love so it. It's so hard. Yeah, but you just said. But, okay. It, you're contradicting yourself because it is so hard, but if you really love doing it, you have to give it your all. And if you yeah. don't give your all, you would have lived a lifetime of not pursuing what you love. Unless there's something that you also love. But you don't know that because you're <laughs> obsessed about the acting that you sure, love. Sure, sure. I guess, I, I guess what I always come back to is just know, know that you're not going to do very much on screen acting. Ever. And so, accept that. So be ready for that. Okay. This does, I don't know if this feels positive, but Who you know. Who cares? No. Look, as successful <laughs> as I am, most of my career has been standing next to famous white people who do most of the talking, right? I think that's changing, dude. I think that's it's changing. changing but it I'm, is. But I'm telling you, I'm tell- even if you get lucky enough to be but... in, the, in the Avengers... Are the Avengers doing that much acting, or no. are they mostly just running around and screaming? Yeah, but that's a genre. But most Absolute, some people absolutely. want that. That's but, all but this, they want. This is my point. They're not acting. They're mostly running around and screaming. They're making a great. Uh, I know. Well, I wouldn't agree. Paycheck. That's not acting, though, because you have to have story to run around. You have to have a reason well, to run around. Yeah, you do. But it's like tennis balls and stuff. Mm, well, my point is, you're fired. You're not like <laughs> you're not connecting with people. You're not. Yes, I see. A deep like marriage story level like, different scene. genre though. Yes, exactly. But that's my point. Is just know, get ready to enjoy 
the totality of it. Okay. If your hope is to be the next Adam Driver, there's going to be very, very, very few of you. So just be ready for Yes, that. but we're not Enjoy talking about that. the rest of it. Yeah, so you're saying <laughs> if you're going to go for it, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Okay, I'm saying the words for you. <laughs> he basically just wants to say, don't do it. <laughs> I'm just saying it's hard. But that's okay, but what would you say? It is hard, mm-hmm. but if you love it, yeah. go for it. Yeah. And, and 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 who's to say you can't have another job that brings in a lot of money while you're doing it too, and, and another aspect of your life or, that or, you love, yeah. or enjoy the the short films that you write and create with your mm-hmm. friends on weekends, right? You can do great. Like if if your passion is to uh, is to act, you can do that any time mm-hmm. and do it and enjoy it. Do it and enjoy it. Kick your butt. <laughs> He's giving me this big smile like, should I have said that? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, 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 I agree and I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So here's my message. If you love it, the artistry, don't base yourself on whether you're financially getting paid for your artistry. Go out there and create it and enjoy it and pursue it until you don't want to pursue it anymore. And always be open to doing other things and live your life to the fullest. Perfect. Thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. Love you. <laughs> you guys, did you see Marriage Story? Goodbye. Thanks it. Thanks for tuning in. Stay positive and be courteously aggressive. Bye.